Hello and welcome to the EcoSend podcast, a weekly podcast on becoming a climate conscious business. Every week, we'll be interviewing founders, marketers, and leaders who are championing the climate. The podcast is hosted by myself, James Gill, co-founder and CEO of GoSquared and the makers of EcoSend. If you run a business or are responsible for growing one, and you want to have a positive impact on the environment, then listen on. Every episode, our goal is for you to learn something and be inspired to take some action. Every single one of us making small changes and some large changes will add up. We're all in this together. So let's get on with the show. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's meet today's guest. Hi there, welcome to another episode of the EcoSend podcast. The EcoSend podcast is a weekly show where I speak to people involved and interested in the world of climate. And it's at the intersection of business and climate where people are building businesses with a view to making the planet a little bit better. Each week I speak to someone who is always interesting, fascinating, inspiring to help us on our journey to becoming a more climate conscious business. And every week the show comes out on all major podcast platforms. Thank you for listening to series one. We've had a fantastic response to the first series and we're now well into series two. And uh, in this episode, I'm incredibly excited to be joined by Dan Sherrod Smith, who was on the founding team and previously built product at a company called Look After My Bills. They were a Y Combinator-backed business and helped customers automatically switch energy providers. Now, Dan is the founder and CEO of Mothertree, which calculates your money's carbon footprint and helps you switch to a greener solution for free. I'm incredibly excited to have Dan on the show. Sounds like the perfect guest. So hello, Dan. How are you doing? Good to have you with us. Hi, James. Great to great to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. It's great. I'm so excited to d- dive into some of these topics and, and hear a lot more. So before we go too much further, tell me about what you're up to and how you've gotten to this point. What's your journey to where you are today been like? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So I, where to start? I started at Over Energy on their grad scheme, got to work in a bunch of different departments for marketing to customer service and ended up launching Over Communities, which was local generation. So local employment, local generation built on Over's infrastructure. Loved the kind of entrepreneurial aspect and then left Over to, to launch my own social business, which was connecting volunteers with elderly people in their area. Didn't hit the impact that I wanted and learned a bunch of stuff about how to not run a business, I think, but was headhunted by the founders of what was then called The Big Deal and became Look After My Bills. And I think they liked that kind of aspect that I'd worked in energy and I'd also had this kind of entrepreneurial experience. And they said, look, we've got this idea for auto switching people's energy bills, but we need someone to go and sort of figure out how to make all of that work. And so they brought me in for the first six months. I ran that on my own. So figuring out, you know, do customers pay us or is it suppliers? I, kind of, I love those kind of questions. I think that's so much fun to answer. Uh, first 300 customers had my mobile number. So literally any <laughs> product I found out about and could not escape, which I think is really crucial. Uh, and on those efforts, we, we got into Y Combinator. The founders went on Dragon's Den the following year and smashed out the park. We went wow. from kind of 10,000 to 50,000 customers overnight. Instead. Wow. <laughs> and ultimately, look after my bills grew to 800,000 customers. And 
just had a really kind of amazing three years rocket ship journey and very very lucky it meant when I stepped away I had a chance to think well what do I want to do next and I knew the next thing was going to be how can I contribute in a positive way to the climate crisis but I didn't know exactly what that meant and so in October 2021 I launched the climate challenge so the climate was basically a way for people to discover ways to live more sustainably we got rid of single-use plastic we looked at our carbon footprint and the thing that people got pretty shocked by and took action on was when we found out what our banks were doing with our money and what our providers were doing with our money and I thought well this is just really interesting and the more I researched into those two aspects the more I realized how much influence each of us have in terms of what we fund what we fund now is slightly glib but what we fund now is what we're going to get in the next five to ten years yeah and so I built I built mother tree so mother tree is a money carbon calculator so there's lots of calculators out there that'll show you the impact of your diet and your you know your flights etc nobody's showing you what your money's doing Uh, and that's why I built mother tree so we mm-hmm. show you the carbon impact of your bank and your pension provider. So if you have okay. five thousand in a current account with Barclays, that equates yep. to about ten and a half of carbon per year. Interesting, crazy. Okay, wow. Yeah. Okay, so I've got so many questions on that. Before I dive into that, you said when leaving and then figuring out what to do next, you decided to start with the climate challenge. What What made you interested? You know, a lot of people have an interest in the climate, but it takes something else to really go and say i'm going to start an endeavor a venture of some sort what was the build-up to that was it just you woke up and thought i want to do something in this space or you know was it a purely business decision or was there things in your personal life that made you want to dedicate more time to this yeah there's three things that maybe want to dedicate more time yeah. The first is my son was born about two years ago, so just as I was mm. leaving, look after my bills. And I know at some point he's going to ask me, you know, dad, once you realize the extent of what we're doing to the planet, what did you do about it? Right. And I yeah. Look him in the eye and say, I did all I could with the skills that I had. The second thing is when I was working on the social business, we interviewed a bunch of of people of all ages and the person who had the most sort of energy and lust for life was this 95 year old chap uh, wow <laughs> yeah it was amazing and his secret was to have purpose and his purpose was to help people and so I kind of started to think well when I'm 95 what do I want to sort of look back on my life and say that I did and for me it's to have made a, a meaningful contribution to the planet have left the planet in a better state for people and the kind of biodiversity that we share share this planet with yeah. and then the third reason is and this is kind of an an odd one but i feel lucky to be on this earth right now at the point where humanity faces the biggest challenges ever faced some yeah. people feel quite unlucky about that but you feel lucky huh dan i feel <laughs> empowered by it because like i love solving problems yeah this biggest problem we're ever going to face yeah and that's pretty cool in (laughs) all of the years that humanity's been on this earth this is the problem that we get to solve and you know some generations get a war some generations get nothing at all 
well, we get the most important thing. We've and I'm something to fight for, yeah. I'm totally in for doing whatever I can to help to help on that. That is an absolutely brilliant way of looking at it. I think that's such an incredible backstory to tee you up to be working on this. I guess, you know, everyone says like starting a business is always a longer journey than anyone thinks. And there's a lot of ups and downs. And if you don't care deeply about it, then you're never going to get through those. And so it sounds like the foundations for what you're working on couldn't be stronger. It's absolutely amazing to hear the reasons for getting into this and yeah, I definitely feel inspired by that motivation. I'm sure a lot of listeners will too. So yeah, so I don't know which way to tackle some of the things you talked about. But so with, with Mother Tree, I don't know how much I want to know this information. I feel like it's going to terrify me. Tell me more about where our money sits, why why this matters. You talked about the carbon calculator for our money, but can you explain a bit more about sort of the basics here of, okay, my money sits in the Barclays or a NatWest or I, don't know, I guess the American listeners, a Chase, I believe, and those folks. How's that affecting the environment? Like that's just my money sitting in an account, isn't it? Yeah. So let's take Barclays. So Barclays invests £20 billion into the fossil fuel industry every year. Wow. A billion. £20, 20 billion, billion per year. Wow. And just to sort of put that in perspective... The banks in total have put in 50 times more financing into fossil fuel projects than the fossil fuel companies themselves. Wow. So the banks are driving the expansion of oil and gas. Now, that is a huge lever for us to pull. And anybody who's got an account with Chase or an account with Barclays or an account with any of the big banks, because they all invest in fossil fuel, has skin in this game. Mm-hmm. So... We can do two things. One is we can lobby our bank to change. We should. And people like Make My Money Matter in the UK are doing amazing lobbying efforts. And I think if the bank isn't willing to step up and start actually funding the sources of energy that we need, we don't need fossil fuels. We need renewable, sustainable sources. We don't need new technology that already exists. Mm -hmm. Um, But we need the financing to replace the old tech fossil fuel. So if the bank's not doing that now, I would say switch. And that's what Mother Tree does. We highlight how much your money is contributing to those fossil fuel projects in the shape of carbon emissions. And we suggest banks that you can switch to who are greener and rule out any fossil fuel investment. Wow. I'm sure a lot of people will be opening their eyes listening to that. I know I certainly am. I I guess, you know, the same thing for consumers as businesses as well right like when you think about the businesses that we all buy from maybe the businesses we run we also have you know (laughs) varying degrees of money sitting in bank accounts that is also having that same kind of consequence so it's not just consumers but businesses too you know some it makes me wonder some of the huge companies that portray a very friendly environmentally caring image where do they keep their money then it begs a lot of questions actually when you start building back the layers there yeah and there's a really interesting report that a chap called james vaccaro and paul minister produced the name of the report is escaping me but i'm sure we can find it for the show notes (laughs) thank you much appreciated that report showed that for major companies such as salesforce facebook apple The money they hold in their accounts contributes as much carbon as their entire supply chain. Wow. 
Wow. So, so saying that, okay, look at us, we're doing a great job of our supply chain. We're powering things. We're trying to do our best, but it's really hard. But comparatively, the actual story is over where you wouldn't think, not where the factories are, the production, but it's where the money is sitting. That's actually having the bigger consequence. Exactly. And as with big companies, it's the same with individuals. So when you look at your pension and your bank account together, for UK yeah. average consumer, it contributes about 10 tonnes. And 10 tonnes is the entire sort of lifestyle for a UK average consumer when you think about diet and transport and stuff. So it doubles our emissions. That is phenomenal. Crikey. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So what can we do about that? So Mother Tree is helping solve this. How do you find out even where to start on this? I'm sure Mother Tree can help with figuring a lot of this out, but how do you folks find out what the good banks are and the bad banks? How do you go and figure this out? Yeah, so we look at data sources that are publicly available and we use something called the Bloomberg Terminal. So publicly available sources, we look at what the banks already published. So that's sometimes through an organization called PCAF, but that's sometimes directly from the bank. Banks will publish their scope one and two emissions, and most banks have started publishing some of their scope three. Scope three is where the biggest kind of emissions are because that's what they invested. We then supplement that data with online reports. So things like Banking on Climate Chaos, which done amazing work highlighting where Chase and Barclays are investing, as well as other big banks. We look at Greenpeace reports, South Pole data, who are another data organization. And then we use the Bloomberg terminal. So the Bloomberg terminal allows you to see, it's a trading platform, but it allows you to see where banks are lending their money. Right. And so when they're lending it to carbon producing activities, we know that. And so what we're doing is we're building up what we think is a more comprehensive view of a bank's emissions scope one, two, plus the investments through scope three. And then we look at the amount that you have in that account. So let's say you have a thousand pounds with Barclays and let's say Barclays have a um, hundred thousand pounds in assets. Obviously it's a lot more, but if you've got a thousand and they've got a hundred thousand, then that's, I think that's 1%. So you then have effectively 1% of Barclays and we say, okay, well, that's 1% of their emissions. Got it. Got that's it. The, that's the calculation. What I, would say here is obviously the money you put into an account, the bank will tell you, well, that's different to the money that we invest. And it right. is those aren't separate. But what we say is it endorses a policy. Mm, that's the yeah. key link for me is just like it endorses a policy when you buy yeah. vegan food versus, you know, meat. It's you're voting same. with your wallet in a way. Yeah, yeah. You're voting with your current account. Yeah. Wow. That makes so, so much sense. It's making me think one of the first things I'm going to do after this call is have a little look at where my money sits and have a little bit of a think of this. I guess there's another aspect here where, you know, at least in the UK, where we're going through some challenging times. There's a real crisis on our hands, cost of living crisis, and people are struggling with making ends meet. How do you get people to think about this in the context of everything else? Because I guess... Some of these big banks lure people in with great rates and great offers and deals. Like, are those some of the challenges that you face at the moment with, with trying to build a business like this? Because I guess on some level, most people want to do the right thing for the environment. But sometimes as humans, we get persuaded by other factors and don't always make rational decisions. So what are some of the challenges for you at the moment, if I could be as bold as to ask that? I know we have a lot of other people who run businesses who listen to this and um, 
It's always fascinating just hearing the good and the challenging from other business leaders and founders. Unless there are no challenges right now, Dan, which is totally fine. I understand. <laughs> well, it would be a boring business if there were no challenges. <laughs> and I suspect not a very successful one, unfortunately. There's always, always challenges. I think there's two things to your question. One is the kind of cost of living piece. And then what are the business challenges? So on the cost of living side, the more I've researched this, the more I've realized the idea of a green premium, the idea that you pay more to be green is a myth. Let's take banking and then we'll take pensions. So banking, every year since Triodos have been in the UK market, Triodos are one of the, in terms of their carbon emissions and where they invest their money. Every year they've been in market, they've outperformed Barclays on interest rate. So actually by being with a greener bank, you can also make money nationwide is another good example they're currently giving 200 pounds to people who open up new account and they've got a competitive interest rate nationwide don't invest in fossil fuels from what i can see they're kind of the the lowest carbon emitting high street bank so you know there are ways to make money and be green here and on pensions really interesting so for the last five six years and probably longer green and ethical funds have outperformed the default fund so you know your company puts you into a default fund you don't really think about it fine but actually just by asking your pension provider you know other other options or asking a independent financial advisor other ethical options only is it good for the planet it could actually yeah. it's not financial advice but it could <laughs> yeah. good for um, for your wallet as well as very and uplifting to hear that that actually yeah i guess on some level again not a financial advice podcast just to clarify but it makes sense from my perspective that, you know, a fund investing in more green and ethical options is going to hopefully continue to perform well as the general mindset of the population pays more attention to this, spends more, thinks more about this, cares more. So hopefully that all seems to make sense, but it's very reassuring to hear that it's easy to think there could be a big trade-off there and a big added expense or cost to you as an individual for making better choices but actually often they're quite aligned that's so that's good to hear <laughs> um, yeah. it, it, and it's an important message we're kind of told that it costs more to go green but that's not always yeah. the case and then yeah. ask me about business challenges i think oh well, yeah i, I think I mean, you said there weren't any <laughs> there's always challenges so for me the big challenge at the moment is so we've got the Mother Tree website up and running, but what I want to really make happen is make it effortless for UK consumers to go green and save money on all life's choices. Right, so right. We've identified 32 areas from banking to pensions, but also from our diet to the clothes we wear, where we can help people go green and save money. And so the, the challenge that I'm looking at right now is how do we make that as effortless as possible that's um, pretty exciting and what's been your progress so far on that what are the big hurdles in the way for people i guess there's some smaller things people can change there's some bigger things people can change but any areas where you're finding people are really struggle if finance is one and it's huge but it doesn't yeah. take much to change and that's why we set up the the climate challenge we're trialing ways to help people to make these habit changes and the climate challenge five days five actions and you go through it as a group. So there's a kind of community element to it. And each day we take on one of the big changes we can make in terms of reducing our carbon footprint, creating a more positive world. And we've been running it for over a year now. So we've really distilled those challenges into the ones that really matter. And I would wow. say 
to your question, you know, what are people kind of struggling to do? Or well, one is just look at where your money is in terms of your bank. It doesn't take much. You know, Mother Tree is one resource of many out there. Bank.green is also a good one to understand is your bank investing and then take a view on actually what's important to you from a bank perspective. And often, I mean, if you're like me, you'll have switched when you were a student for the rail card, right? Yeah. Oh, everyone. <laughs> everyone got the rail card. And actually, what NatWest was providing me is probably a worse service than, say, a Starling or a Monzo who invest less in fossil fuels. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't, I sort of made that connection. It didn't say much. And to switch is actually pretty easy. You fill in a yeah. form, you switch all your direct debits, all your standing orders over. It's done. It takes seven days, but it's done. And similar with pensions. It's a higher bar with pensions in terms of to switch, but it doesn't actually take that much to figure out what's going on. Just setting a little bit of time, but all the information is there. Say on pensions, it's actually a really interesting one because I think, you know, a lot of people don't care about their pensions, at least in their, the majority of their 20s, at least people I have spent time with in my 20s, myself included, couldn't give a damn about their pension. It's so far off thinking about that. I think it's quite hard to get people to care about something. It's similar, I guess, to the wider climate emergency. How do you get people to care about things that are quite uncertain and far in the future? But maybe this is actually a very big reason to care about your pension in earlier on in life, where you think, Every single penny going into that is a penny. It is a vote for the kind of world I want to be living in when I'm older. And maybe it's actually a, a bigger reason than ever to care about your pension, actually, at an earlier age. That's exactly right. Two things here. One is I saw a program which said, what kind of world do you want to retire into? And really do have a choice. It's, you know, do we retire into the kind of the world that we're on the default to get, which is polluted air and polluted rivers and we can't go outside in the summer because it's 40 degrees plus <laughs> or do we do we retire into a world where yeah it, it is a hotter world but we can enjoy our summers and the air is clean and our rivers are clean and we, we can enjoy the planet and that's not that far away you know that's mm. 30 40 years it's not I mean, it can feel quite far in your 20s, but it's not that far. Yeah. And one of the big ways we can do that to make sure we have a retirement we can enjoy is making sure our pension's going to the right place. My second point is, you know, I, I totally went through this. I didn't think about my pension in my 20s, but when I looked in my early 30s where it was invested, it really woke me up. Like 2% of it was in oil and gas. A percent was in mining. There was some in nuclear weapons. And this was just the default pension wow. I'm like, I don't support any of that stuff. <laughs> I would never like choose to invest in one of those companies. And yet by default, I'm giving them money every month. Yeah. That's Once incredible. That, you know, I had to change it. Yeah. Wow. I feel like this has only been a very short time we've been chatting down, but I feel like I'm I'm like so motivated that I just want to get off the podcast and go change some things in my life now. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and hopefully our listeners might feel like that too. So if anyone has that urge right now to go do something about this, take it. There's a few places you'd recommend. And one of those would be the Climate Challenge site and, and Mother Tree itself, right? Those are two good ones. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's mymothertree.com and the Climate Challenge is on the menu there. Yeah, definitely. That would be great. Awesome. Well, 
Well, that's great. I And if anyone wants to keep up to date with you, Dan, is there anywhere they should go? Do you on LinkedIn or Twitter or just or head to the Climate Challenge site or the Mother Tree site or anywhere else they should find you? Yes, yeah, so Dan Sherrod yeah. Smith or email Dan at mymothertree.com. Very happy to to chat. <laughs> awesome. Dan, it has been such a pleasure speaking with you today. I genuinely feel so motivated to go and make some changes. I feel guilty beyond belief about not paying more attention to some of these factors in my life so far. Thank you so much for joining us. And um, thank you to everyone for listening to this show as well. It's great to be back with another series. And if you are enjoying it, and if you've enjoyed this show in particular, do let us know. And uh, please give us a rating on whatever podcast player you are listening to to this through. And uh, hopefully tell your friends as well and help them make some changes. It's a new year. Make the world a bit better. And uh, thank you again, Dan. It's been a pleasure. And uh, hopefully catch you soon. Thanks for having me, James.